Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm always honored when someone's carved some time out of their busy day to spend with me because as I say, time is that one commodity that you just can't get back. Today we're talking about the fitness industry. A little something about it. I recently read an article that said, in the U.S., the fitness club industry brings an annual revenue of $27.6 billion. And in the U.S., again, it is growing at a rate of 8.7% per year. And that's pretty rapid growth. I know you've been following me with some of the other industries that we've spotlighted here on All Things Franchising. And you know that other industries are not necessarily growing that quickly. And of course, the fitness industry was impacted due to COVID. And we'll certainly get into that with my guest today. But that doesn't mean that there's not opportunity for growth there. So my guest today is Adam Rice and Carrie Tober. Adam is the founder and CEO of ISI Elite Training Franchise, and Carrie Tober is the Director of Franchise Development. ISI provides a total body workout, and it is designed to be a 50-minute workout for all fitness levels. ISI was has 11 units open in four states with another 34 units under active development agreements. Hey, guys, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Linda. I appreciate it. Yeah, good morning, Linda. How are you? I am doing well. I am really excited to have you guys on the show and love to know a little bit about each of you. Adam, tell me a little bit about your history and and how you decided that there was space in the fitness industry for another franchise concept. Yeah, for sure. So I would say it was kind of on accident. Um, I was a, uh, long story short, was a, a Husky kid growing up and went through a, uh, I, was at, I was at a camp and really wanted to play Division One baseball. And it was in, in the great state of Iowa at the University of Iowa. And um, in very nice words, the coach told me that I was essentially too too big, too slow to, to play at the Division One level. And so uh, I remember in that moment, you know, I was like, man, this can defeat me or fuel me. And I went on to, to lose about 70 pounds after that in the next six months, went to YouTube, started Googling how to lose weight, how to get faster. And long story short, ended up um, playing Division One baseball and just knew that from that transformation and what it did, the opportunities that created for me that I wanted to bring that into, into you know, into reality for other people as well. And so, 
from a, a young age. I knew this is what I wanted to do, but right after college, launched my own uh, launched my own brand. And there's some some backstory. Maybe we'll get into it later. But it was originally called Beachbody Fitness, and uh, as you know, P90X and Insanity both. Um, <laughs> They, they they have the trademark to that name. So I got a mm-hmm. nice little letter at the age of 21. <laughs> and uh, it's like, yeah, you can't do that. So had to had to switch the name. And um, and that's where ISI was born in 2013. And I was 23 years old. And, and long story short, opened five corporate units over the, the next about four years and moved to Charlotte, North Carolina and started a uh, – built out the prototype franchise model and started franchising in 2019. So it's kind of how we arrived to where we're at today. So tell me, um, what does ISI stand for, Adam? Yeah, so in that moment when we had to figure out a new name, new branding, all of that, I was like, man, I don't even know what to call this. I know what I want the space and atmosphere and community to feel like. Um, and it was one that was empowering. It was one that was like a locker room where a lot of people played sports growing up and those that didn't. They, they missed out on the camaraderie and the brotherhood and sisterhood that happens inside the locker room. And so I was like, man, I want to, I want to, that's our mission is, is to, to bring that kind of community to, to fruition. And so um, I was in right after I, it was about two weeks later after I got that letter, I was in a, a church service and the entire sermon was on Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, which was iron sharpens iron as one man or one person sharpens another. And I'm like, man, like that is, mm-hmm. that is the mission is who we surround ourselves with and holding each other accountable. And then also on a deeper level, it's like you can't sharpen iron without friction. And so there's always going to be a level of friction, whether it's fear, whether it's our circumstances that we're going to face if we're trying to accomplish and gain the things that we want in life. And so I was like, this is so perfect. And so that's, that's really where it was born out of. So ISI stands for Iron Sharpens Iron. I love that, uh, Adam, because anytime you um, take on any huge goal, it's going to bring up insecurities, isn't it? Yes, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. No matter what that is, whether it's in business, whether it is, whatever it is in life, it's going to bring up some insecurities. So Carrie, what I want to know is what attracted you to the ISI model? Yeah, great question, Linda. Thank you. So I started my journey in, in franchising about 12 years ago. Um, I, I had a two-hour interview that turned into you are now our director of business development, and then <laughs> you became, you know, as, as soon as the, the chief marketing officer got fired, apparently I was the next in line for director of marketing and, and did that for about six, seven years. And then uh, you know, I had a little career change and, and moved into uh, to New York and, and worked in a uh, corporate position where uh, apparently I'm, I'm not so good of a, a corporate employee. I made it five years, but that's, uh, that's about all my resume is going to show in that world. And um, had an opportunity through some introductions to fly down to Charlotte for a one-day meeting with Adam and, and a partner of ours, Rob Cambruzzi. And I, I just remember – and I have some experience in the fitness space. I own a, a kickboxing concept out of out of Manhattan, and I've been around the business evaluating a, a number of concepts for a number of years prior to that. And I just remember walking into Adam's facility, his, his prototype in, in Fort Mill, South Carolina, 
and, and looking around the space, looking for where the mistakes were. Because walking into a location like his in Fort Mill, unit number six that he had ever opened, it was completely buttoned up and ready to go. And then, you know, I had the opportunity to sit down at lunch and, and get to know Adam a little bit better and realize right off the bat, this is, this is a real deal person we're working with. And, uh, you know, hopefully today you'll, you'll hear it from him, but it's not every day you get to meet a person like Adam Rice. And so I was, I was blown away by that. Um, and then, then they put me through a workout. And after, and after I did the workout, Linda, it, I, I showed up on legs day. I couldn't walk for five days afterwards. So I knew that there was, there was a stickiness factor that was going to have us coming back. <laughs> and, and it also probably meant that if you were going to represent that brand, you were going to have to work on those legs, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I luckily got the uh, greatest accountability partner in the world on the phone with me. So <laughs> it, makes, it makes life a little bit easier when, uh, when you get an opportunity to work with people you, you, you like and admire. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So, Adam, tell me a little bit about what makes the ISI concept different from other concepts that are out there. Because we all know that there are, there's, it's a huge industry. You know, I just talked about that at the top of the show. It's a huge industry. And people, that is part of their social life. It is part of their uh, it, it is part of what they look forward to. It's on their calendar every week. So tell me, why are people gravitating to ISI? What's different? Yeah, so I I think, I mean, if you think about it, from, and when we were designing this, it was coming to the realization that if people are coming consistently, then this is a place that they're going to spend the third most amount of time other than work and home. So the atmosphere, the community has to be incredibly intentional. And so everything from the, the branding, the colors, the smell, the, the, the graphics package, the, the way that members are greeted, the way that we connect at least with five times with every member during a session, all of those things are intentional to make people feel known and sweat. And that's really our goal is like, hey, if people feel known and seen and they sweat every single time they walk through that door, then it was a great workout. Because here's the reality, and and a lot of people are going to argue it, of like, where is the fitness industry going? Oh, yes, there is so much great technology out there that people can roll out of bed, hop on a Peloton, hop on a tonal, hop on a mirror, shower, and be done with their workout in an hour. Whereas now they're going to, to retail and brick and mortar. Now that's an hour and a half investment. And so the one thing that you're never going to get, and I do think that they're, the Pelotons of the world are going to gain market share, not necessarily from the boutique fitness because of this one reason is our modality. We don't have a modality and we're anchored in on, on accountability. So taking someone from point A to point B, and that's really where we're different as a brand than, than any other brand out there is we focus so heavily on the accountability piece and coaching piece. And that's why, you know, I know we're going to talk about it, but that's why we, we did pretty well through COVID. You know, we didn't have any units shut down and, and we're opening units right now. And so it's because we weren't, unfortunately, I mean, we're not anchored into a bike or a treadmill or these other modalities. We're, we're anchored in on coaching and getting people. And so coaching can happen in parking lots. Coaching can happen virtually. 
and coaching can happen and does happen inside our four walls of the facility. So I think it's a, it's a combination of all those, Linda. Um, but I would say accountability is the number one and then the way that we make people feel when they come in and, and part of something bigger than themselves. You know, Adam, uh, just a few weeks ago, I had a conversation with someone and said, if a, if a customer doesn't feel acknowledged, if they don't feel that you see them, then it's very easy for them just not to come back. So I look at some of these big box gyms, you know, uh, these huge fitness centers, and there is, there is no way that they can make each of their customers, their clients, feel as though they are being seen and that, that they have some investment in that. So do you think that that is your big selling point is just to let people know, hey, we care about you. We see you. We see you when you're not here, and we want to know why. Yep. That's that's it's exactly right, and it's so controllable. Like that's yeah. this crazy thing that boggles my mind how people don't get it right. Whether it's retail, I don't care what industry it is. It's like to to acknowledge your customer as they come through the door with high energy and a smile is the most controllable thing you could ever do, <laughs> and people still don't get it right. And it's it's one of, it's that little simple thing can shift the the identity of your entire brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, um, the brand, yeah, the brand is the colors, it's the font, it's all of that. But the brand is how you make your customers feel. That's where the brand is. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So so you touched on COVID just a little bit. And once now the elephant's out in the room, let's go ahead and talk about that. How did that impact your client's uh, experience? with ISI? Yeah, so I think starting, you know, in the very beginning, and Carrie, you can kind of chip in on this as well, because Carrie was seeing this, you know, he, he as he mentioned, he has a, a kickboxing studio in, in Manhattan, so he was seeing this probably a week ahead of us down here in the yeah. southeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was the first week in March, you and I had probably been working together for about four or five months. And, you know, my, my location's at uh, 57th and 11th for, for anybody who knows where, where New York City is or where in New York City that is. It's directly across from the BMW building. Uh, John Jay College is to the left of that and CBS Broadcasting Center is to the right of it. And um, in the early days of the pandemic, when it was, hey, one case a day, the first big news was when we had two cases in a day and they were in John Jay and CBS directly across the street from my facility. Um, and I remember standing there and having the phone ring like crazy with members calling to see if we were even open or, or what was happening. Staff didn't want to come in. And, and uh, I remember jumping in the car to, to drive to, uh, to see my girlfriend and, and calling Adam and saying, Hey, uh, I, I don't know if you watch the news, I know now that he doesn't watch the news. I didn't know at the time he didn't watch the news. But I say, hey, I, I didn't know if you watch the news, but you should pay attention. There's some stuff going on, and you have a, a lot more to lose than I do in, in the fitness industry. And we talked about it for a couple minutes, and then you know hung up. And next day I, I called him and said, hey, what are you what are you doing? And and I'm miserable in New York at this point. Everything's shutting down. I'm watching I'm watching this in slow motion. And he chipperly says, I'm at Best Buy. 
I'm like, I can't imagine what you're doing at Best Buy right now, Adam. He goes, I'm buying camera and lighting equipment. And uh, the next day launched online athletic-based training. So, I mean, started producing before, before shutdowns happened, before the governor of New York shut down the city. You know, I, I think Adam turned out about nine hours of online content, which was the hardest and fastest pivot I've seen anybody in, in not just the fitness industry, but almost any industry uh, make uh, to protect the business and to protect his, his franchisees. And so how did your customers, con- did they convert easily to doing online training? How did you, how did you make that transition with your customers? Yeah. So they were, I mean, our, our big thing and we consistently do like a huge value of ours is transparency. And so we were throughout the entire process, we were incredibly transparent about what we were seeing, what we were feeling, like what we wanted the customers to be able to do, what we were working on, if we hadn't released it. And so um, they did, they did. So essentially, and based on location, right? Because I know that we had locations in, in, in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina. So for anybody that's in North Carolina, South Carolina, you know that it's two different worlds <laughs> between North Carolina, South Carolina, and miles apart. But because today, like, for instance, it's wild, like, our Fort South Carolina locations aren't required to have masks, and our North Carolina locations are. So it's navigating these these nuances in the different markets by state and by county. And so, you know, the, the tendency in the beginning was like, hey, you know, rise is one. We're one community. We got you. And um, people transitioned way quicker than, than what we had originally thought they would. Um, they, they understood and appreciated the, the cautions we were taking when shutting down the locations prior to even being mandated. Um, and then the, all of the steps that we took, you know, when we started to, to reopen the locations. And so, you know, it, and really it was not ever pressuring anyone like, hey, we're going to open back up, guys. If, if you feel comfortable, like, come in. We're here. We're taking these steps, A, B, and C. And if you don't, we're still offering live, live sessions every day. And then another thing that we did was we knew that kids, obviously schools were shut down. I've got a five-year-old, seven-year-old, and a one-year-old. And I'm like, we've got to do something for these kids that are at home doing work. So every day at noon, we ran a kid's workout session live through um, YouTube. And, and that was really cool to see all the kids jump on there and, and be a part of that. So That was smart to include that, Adam, because, <clears throat> because parents were trying to work from home and trying to get the kids uh, educated at home, whether it was homeschooling or online. And the last thing the parents had time to do was get the kids out to get rid of the you know, the, all of the, the, the pent up energy. So that was really smart mm-hmm. for you to add that in there. Guys, let's talk a little bit about the franchise opportunity. We've talked about the services that you offered and you did a great job pivoting. I'm so tired of using that word pivot, but <laughs> we did a great job pivoting, you know, during this COVID. But tell me a little bit about what this franchise opportunity looks for, looks like. Are you looking for someone with prior experience in the fitness industry? Are you looking for a personal trainer? Who would be a perfect franchisee for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cover the characteristics and I'll hand it over to Carrie on this because this is what he lives and 
breeze every day, but we're looking for great leaders. Um, so whether it's, you know, uh, coming out of corporate America, um, when you look at the spectrum of our franchise partners, the more and more as we continue to grow and scale, it's, it's, it's exactly that. Passive owners who are going to hire great teams but are still going to be involved. It's not a set it and forget it and peace out type model, but it's also not a model where you have to be there 50 hours a week as long as you're a great leader and can hire a great team. And so at Discovery Day, I, I'm very, very transparent. I say, guys, if you're not great leaders, like this is not a good model for you. Mm-hmm. It's just not because – to be passive and to really build a legacy of what you're trying to do and lead a team, you have to be a good leader. And I think everything rises and falls on leadership. It doesn't mean you have to be the greatest leader in the world today, but you better dig your feet in and learn how to lead a team if that's not something you've ever done before, if you want to, to be a part of this. And so, you know, I think that's, that's the one thing and grow like creating opportunities for your team and therefore, how you take care of your team, they'll then take care of your members and creating vision. And that's a huge thing we talk about through the process is when we get on validation calls, I'm going to ask, what's your vision? Because I can't, it's not mine and Carrie's job to sell three units, to sell five units. Our job is to educate you on what we think this model can do that fits inside your vision. If it's, Hey, I want to own a gym and I want to be there 40 hours a week and be super involved. Carrie and I are probably going to educate you and say, just do one unit. That's mm-hmm. what makes sense. Like, that's what you're after. But if it's someone who's, I want to create an asset and I want, you know, I, I want to leave a legacy and I want to build this big organization, then we can educate you and, and help steer you in the direction of what you need to do. But, you know, Carrie and I, and I say this to each candidate, like, we can't help you make that decision unless you know what your vision is. Mm-hmm. So we ask candidates to get clear on what their vision is. Well, I don't know, Carrie, I don't know if you want to add anything. Well, no, I, I love how you teed that up with, with I'm going to pass it to you and then, you know, answer the entire question. I mean, was, that's wonderful. Thanks, thanks. Hey, Adam, thanks for the autonomy and being allowed to make decisions. <laughs> He's making your job easier, Carrie. It's, you know, one of the things that I tell you, I, I see so much is that there are people coming out of corporate. I think you meant, touched on it earlier. I was in banking for 30 plus years. So people coming out of corporate uh, may think they know how to run a business. And, you know, just to what you were talking about, Adam, is that, you know, maybe they think, oh, I have, I had a portfolio that was this size. I am sure that I can run three to five fitness centers. So it's great that you educate them to say, eh, let's just pull back on the reins just a little bit. Let's get you started. And if that's what you want to do, then you can always expand. So I appreciate y'all, you know, being realistic about it. You know, they, you just have to be realistic. And you don't want to set your franchisees up for failure. Right. 100%. And I, I, think, I think what's unique about these guys, too, and it's, it's probably harder for them to brag on themselves, is, you know, as soon as a franchisee signs, they, they start going into a, a process, right? They go into looking for real estate site selection. Then they go into pre-sales. And then from pre-sales, they're opening. And at every phase in the process, working with Adam's team, they're being sent. Uh, material to review, books to read. Uh, they're being invited to, to you know, twice weekly leadership huddles where everybody in the organization can join on and have conversations and different programming specifically around 
leadership and mindset so that as a, as a company, we can succeed for the long term, not just grow in the short term. Sure. So, Carrie, let's break that down just a little bit. You were talking about, uh, so they go through training. What does that training look like? Right. So uh, training is, is a just-in-time process, which is phenomenal. I've, I've actually never seen this before. Uh, I came to work with these guys. And, you know, when you, when you sign on as a franchisee, you're going to get started with uh, video training, virtual training, if you will. And they've built this up to over 60 hours of content, uh, legitimately have a career path video recorded for every member in an organization to go from salesperson up to, you know, facility leader if they want to. Um, that runs that 60 hours supports the franchisee, you know, through that initial phase during real estate site selection, uh, lease negotiation, and it is there to support them as they continue their journey. Once they sign a lease, they're invited to, uh, the headquarters in, in Charlotte, North Carolina to spend four days with Adam and team where they'll go through pretty much nothing but pre-sales training, mission values, branding alignment, all that, but. Really, it's focusing on how do you how do you pre-sell memberships and how do you to generate the the buzz and the awareness you need, and then they'll go back to their their home location. They'll jump into the pre-sales process for about twelve to fourteen weeks, uh, and then members of the corporate staff will show up to uh, to support the owner through the opening and uh, the soft opening process, which we call VIP or Founders Week, uh, and then they're off to the races from there. Mm-hmm. What size, what is the square footage of the real estate that your franchisees would be looking for? Yeah, we're looking anywhere from about 2,600 to 3,100 square feet. Uh, I generally say the sweet spot's about 3,000, give or take 10%. Mm-hmm. And is there equipment that is involved as part of the workout? Absolutely. So Adam's done a great job putting together this equipment package. I mean, completely edited from, you know, 10 years ago when he started in the industry. Uh, I'm going to give the high levels and pass it to him, but all in package is about $28,000, all right? So pretty low compared to, to competitors or looking at other business models. Nothing that's in the, the facility plugs into the wall. So, you know, you really have the availability to bring it outside the facility to move it around the facility, and if something breaks, you're, you're not waiting for a repair person or mm-hmm. not servicing a customer while while it's it's down. I mean, Adam, do you have anything you want to add on equipment? No, I mean, I think the, the big piece is that it's functional training, right? So a lot of it is setting ourselves up not only to be able to be agile. I mean, again, I think that's another piece of why through COVID – I mean, and we didn't even say, but we retained 83% of our total membership base on revenue during wow. during COVID. I think industry average, um, well, most brands was zero uh, for a two-month period there. But as I said, in some states were able to transition to outdoor workouts, and they were able to get relatively the same workout because we were able to take a lot of that equipment outside. We weren't rotating, you know, doing proper disinfecting, all those things. But um, it, it sets us up to be agile because we're not locked into that certain modality piece, mm-hmm. meaning uh, at the core we coach people. And if something comes out and something, the craziest thing is invented in the next two, three, five, seven years, 
we have floor space, we have room to be able to implement really anything we want uh, and to be at the cutting edge of that. So, you know, it's, it's yes, low cost, being able to, to be agile, but also I think looking forward thinking into the availability of what we can do if, if something arises. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, guys, I need, as much as I hate to break away, I need to take a quick commercial break, but I absolutely love stories, and I have a feeling that y'all might have some stories that you could share with us. I think yes, so. would love to. Good. So, we, um, folks, stay with us, and after this commercial break, we'll hear more from ISI and hear some of their stories. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come, contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We're here with Adam Rice and Carrie Tober with ISI Elite Training. And when we broke from commercial break, uh, you guys said that you might have some stories you could share with us. Yeah, I think we have one or two. Uh, it's, it's, it feels like we've known each other a lot longer than we have to have as many stories as we do have. But, uh, Linda, one of the things we always talk about is uh, – you know, we, we appeal to all fitness levels. And so our minimum age for working out is 12. And then we, we say all the way up until you can functionally move your body. And what's cool is a couple months ago, I had an opportunity to work out in Fort Mill with Adam and, and, a, and a regular session. And there was this, this older gentleman, if you will. And so I, I say to Adam, I was like, I got to meet this guy. He goes, oh, this is John. He's from New York. And it, it turns out John is, is from about 20 minutes down the road from where I am in New York. Uh, but more importantly, John, John's 73 years old, right? And so I start talking to John and the workout starts and uh, I'm watching this 73-year-old man lift weights and it's, it's really like uncomfortable to watch him. His form is not very good, but the entire workout, he didn't stop talking smack to me or to Adam <laughs> or to every young person in the entire, it was phenomenal. And at the end of it, I'm like, all right, well, I'm the director of franchise development. Let me go talk to this guy. And I, I go up to him and I say, let me, let me tell you what I do for the brand. And he looks me dead in the face and pokes me in the chest and says, I don't care what you do. 
uh, your job is to keep me out of a walker. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I love this. And I, and I actually, I, I'll plug it. Like, you know, check us out on, on LinkedIn, you know, check out myself or Adam. We just posted a couple of days ago, a story of a picture of John and Adam. And this is a perfect example of, you know, iron sharpening iron is this guy did a, and we, we do a quarterly promotion where if you hit 48 workouts in, in 90 days, uh, you get a medallion to show, you know, as a, as a congratulations on the attributes of, of achieving that. And John hit 120 workouts in 90 days. Um, wow. He, he would show up, he does a workout, he goes and plays 18 holes of golf, comes back, he works out again. And then I think allegedly he either goes to hot yoga or uh, he goes ballroom dancing with his wife. But, um, yeah, if you, it's just a, a phenomenal example of, of what happens inside that facility from a camaraderie and community standpoint, but also from a level of where we can modify and approach a 70-year-old person and say, hey, you, you can be in here, you can be physically fit, and, and you can be a part of this. So mm-hmm. check that out on LinkedIn because there's a picture of him and Adam in hot yoga about three, four days ago. Oh, wow. I'll definitely do that. I love that because – what that says, Carrie, is it, you know, y'all are plugged into your customers. Y'all are plugged into your clients. You know John. You know your other folks. And, and your, uh, your strategy is to make sure that they all benefit, whether it's the 12-year-old or whether it's the 72-year-old. That's great, guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it opens up our, our customer base, too, right? Where yep. you asked before what makes the differentiation is typically – you know, boutique concepts are fighting over that 25 to 55, really 25 to 45. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of members in that age bracket, but we don't have to fight over that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. We also have a, uh, I mean, we didn't even mention, we, we do have a a kids program as well for ages six to 11 and then kids 12 and up are able to work out with mom and dad in the, the normal session. So really the, it's really a holistic approach that's, very family oriented of taking if we can do anything as a brand to change or inspire a kid's relationship with fitness um, and even adults relationship with fitness like that's our whole goal is like fitness is it should be a celebration of your ability to move and not as this thing that you have to do and that oh I hate it because unfortunately that is most people's relationship with fitness mm-hmm. is this, this negative connotation where it's really a celebration of your ability to, to move. But yeah, I've got yeah. a quick, to add on to that, I've got a quick, a quick story. And I guess this would be more for <clears throat> the, it's not, doesn't have a huge punchline or anything like that, but just something cool that, that we did was, um, it was, I guess it was about two years ago. So I hired, I hired an assistant. We're in the third, the third floor, essentially like the attic of my house. And, the day she starts, I'm like, hey, like, we're going to start franchising. So at this point, it's just me, and I've got my corporate unit in, in Myrtle Beach. And she's like, uh, okay. And the next day, we get on the phone with this franchise consultant guy that essentially, you know, we'll, would end up carving out our, FD, our first rendition of our FDD and all of that. And, um, and then about three weeks later, I'm like, hey – we're uh we're gonna go for twelve weeks across country, me and my family, like you got this. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, the, the 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 entire next three months, 
uh, and Tanil is amazing. She she's our one of our operations coordinators, and she's such a huge piece of, of the puzzle of what we do today, um, three years later. But her and I figured out franchising while me and my family were traveling from we, – we essentially went from Charlotte to New York City, New York City all the way across the country to Seattle, and then went down Pacific Coast Highway – down through the, the bottom part of the United States through Texas and uh, Alabama, Mississippi. And we spent 12 weeks with our kids on the road in an RV and, and just got to like, see the, the, the U.S. And it was so cool because I share this at Discovery Day too. And it's one of those things where you can't do that if you're working in corporate America. Like mm-hmm. You just can't. And that's one of the coolest things about owning your own business is, ha- is building a team that can sustain your business, grow your business while you're away. And I say that when people are discovered, I'm like, look, guys, you're not here to buy yourself a job. And that goes on the, the whole leadership thing. Like if that, if your business needs you to operate, then you're buying yourself a job. Yeah. So you know, Adam, I say that up, I, I coach my, my clients that exact same thing because they, they talk about, you know, buying into this business and giving it 150%. And I get that sometimes you have to do that in the beginning, but if you're mm-hmm. wanting to work that hard, that many hours, then I say exactly what you did is then you just bought yourself a job because you change, you just mm-hmm. removed the chains from corporate to your business. And that's not going to change your lifestyle. It's going to be that's the right. same. 100%. Or worse. Yeah. Yeah. Now, or worse. Now you just invested. At least, at least in corporate, you didn't invest the money to put in, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's what we talk about from day one, though. It's like setting up the team and that piece and – you should. Uh, I got this saying that you should be in your business because you want to, not because you have to. Mm-hmm. And like, if you want to be there 50 hours a week, cool, be there 50 hours a week. But it, it better not be because that business needs you. Because uh, mm-hmm. once you go into that trench, man, it's 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 so hard to pull yourself out of those operations. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Yeah. So it's really and, a mindset piece that we're teaching from day one. And the difference between working, you know, 60 hours a week in corporate and 60 hours a week in your business is when it's your business, it has a tendency to bleed over into your personal life really quick. Yep. And that's That's not healthy for anybody. Yep. Yeah. No, so true. So true. And last story I had was a, a super short one, but I think just the impact of, you know, you don't even really have to say, say ISI. It's it's people pouring into people, people seeing people, people caring about people is um, one of the most powerful things that happened to me. It was about two years ago. I had a teacher at one of our local schools come in, and she went through a session, uh, a workout, and she's like, Adam, I, she pulled me aside. She's like, was almost in tears, and she goes, I just want you to know I was going to kill myself tonight. And I'm like whoa, Mm. like talk about something that you did not expect to come out of left field and like, whoa. She's like, this place just showed me there's hope. Mm. Golly. You know, so it's like the little things that we're doing every day that you don't even, you take for granted how it impacts people's lives. The simple, nice gesture that that you say or, or whatever it is. So it was pretty powerful though. You don't know what people are dealing with when they walk through your doors. 
And so, you know, to have that uplifting energy may be that one thing that they needed today. That's great. That's, That's right. a great story. That's a great story. Guys, as much as I hate to come to the end of the show, I've enjoyed this so much. We're down to those final three questions. So the first one is, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process? To prepare? I think that what to, to get them started, they can get their cell phones out and they can start dialing my phone number. Uh. <laughs> well, now that we're on that, let me ask you, what is, and, and I meant to ask this earlier, I just got so wrapped up in your stories. So if somebody's listening and they are intrigued with the uh, Iron Sharpens Iron stories, then how would they find out more about the ISI franchise opportunity? Where would they go? Absolutely. Thanks, Linda. And when we'll answer that question is uh, they can start off at our website, uh, www.isielitetraining.com. There's a link on that for uh, franchising. Uh, they can, they will be greeted by uh, myself or, or somebody up front. But if, if you need me directly, 704-620-2802, call or text. Um, frankly, somebody who's, who's considering purchasing a franchise, right? You know, if it's, if it's fitness or whatever it is, it's, and Adam hit on this before is make sure you're set on your vision. You know, the more work that they can do from a vision understanding of what they want that, that business to do, how they want it to feel, the easier it's going to be as they get into the due diligence process. I, I feel like I've done due diligence on a hundred brands in my mm-hmm. time. And it always starts off with, you know, what's the mission, what's the feeling, what's the genre uh, and then who who does it serve, right? And for me, it's it's what customer does it serve? And you know, personally, I don't I don't see a value alignment with servicing, you know, pets because I don't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, kids, I have I have two. I love them, uh, but I don't think I'd want to invest in a in a childcare facility. Mm-hmm. I think I might drive myself nuts with that. So um, it's understanding what you want that that business to feel like, what you want that impact to have and straightening that out before you dive in. Yeah, most definitely. One of the things that I, the conversation I have with uh, my clients is, what's your passion? Let's start there. What's your passion? And, you know, then finding out what are your skills? And then you have to know, what do you want your lifestyle to look like? If you want to be off uh, on weekends, then don't don't look at a franchise opportunity that runs 24-7 you're not going to be happy. It's not going to work. Yeah. So the second question here, guys, is what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? Adam, you want to run with this one, buddy? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was really the two that I talked about earlier is is leadership and energy. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, you, you've got to, to be a passive owner, you've got to lead a team. Like you have to have a team that's going to be there doing your operations every day. So you've got to be a great leader. And, you know, I, I don't think teams like to be led by low-energy individuals. So mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that someone who's super analytical can't be a great leader, but an energy isn't the, the who – it doesn't necessarily mean the hoorah, high voice inflection, chest-bumping type person. But when you're showing up to – 
to meetings and you're leading your team, you need to have a, a sense of urgency behind it. You need to have um, a sense of passion, a sense of excitement. You, they need to know what your vision is so that their vision can fit inside your vision as an, as an owner. And those are really the two, two biggest components that, that I see, you know, and, and obviously we'll continue to evolve and see more as we scale this. But uh, right off the bat, the, the, the facilities that are doing really, really good have, have franchise owners that are great leaders and, and show up with energy. Yeah, yeah let, me, let me add to that real quick, too, is, you know, being able to listen, right, because it is a franchise or franchisee relationship. So, you know, listening to us, us listening to them. But also, you know, to Adam's point, I think very importantly, specifically in, in, in this industry, uh, they have to like people. This is a people mm-hmm. business. You're working on people. You're working with people. It's not – we're not selling widgets. You know, we're not, we're not selling a consulting service or, or sitting in front of a computer screen. It is a, a human-to-human interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty critical there that you be able to um, work with people, whether it's the team or whether it's the customers. You have to be exactly. able to have that communication skill as well. So as much as I have to say it, guys, this is my last question. What does the future of franchising look like? Carrie, I know you've been in franchising for quite some time. You've probably seen it evolve to a certain extent. Where do you see it and how do you see it moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny you say that. I, I, and I bring this up almost every time I talk with uh, with a candidate in process. It's like five, six years ago, I remember watching people hire and fire general managers for franchisees on the franchisor side. And, and that changed really, really quickly. And it, it turns out we're not HR companies, right? <laughs> we're we're uh-huh. in, the, in the support model. And, I, and what I, I think is, you know, especially what we've learned from the pandemic and the distributed communication that's available is, you know, really good franchisors will, will lean into their franchisees. And it's, it's not only about the support that they offer or a, a fiscally positive model. It's the type of community that's built inside the franchisees and the communication that they get uh, from the franchisor so that they are successful and have the resources available to, to run their business. And I, I think it's, you know, with the right team, it's easier to deliver that information now than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And and you, Adam, what is your thoughts on where what the future of franchising looks like? It's a great question. Unfortunately, I don't have 12 years of experience like Carrie <laughs> has. I've, I've got about two. Um, <laughs> and, and I've been in deep in the trenches. So mm-hmm. um, all, all I know, and I can't... I, what I do know is that going through this alone from 2013 to 2018 as a solo entrepreneur of a brand, it was lonely. Yeah. And the, the amount of things that I could have collapsed the timeline if I got, and I, I, I say this all the time. If I had to do it again, I would have bought a franchise. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that as a franchisor. Now I've gone through the pain. I've gone through the roller coasters and I, I have a great understanding of, how to collapse timelines and what's actually needed, um, but it—that's what as a, that's what you're buying into is, is a collapsed timeline. You're not having to buy all the failures, and as long as you go execute, and, and essentially what Carrie said, someone who's a great listener who goes and executes and who's a great leader, you're setting yourself up. And I, I believe franchising is, is, is there's nothing better out there when it comes to to business ownership because you're in business, you know, for yourself but not by yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adam, I love that analogy that you just said, uh, collapsing the timeline, because that's exactly what it does. I don't care how much experience you have in corporate, you get ready to start your own business, there's going to be a huge learning curve. And buying into a franchise uh, like ISI, it reduces that learning curve because somebody's already learned that, and they're just passing mm-hmm. on the tools. You don't have to explore a half a dozen different CRM platforms. You don't have to um, interview uh, all of the equipment options that are out there. You don't have to do that because you've got someone that's done it. You can go hit the ground running pretty quickly when you open your business. So I I love that collapsing the timeline. Guys, we are at the end. And uh, one more time, if somebody is listening and they are really intrigued with your story, they want to know more about the franchise opportunity, where would they go to find that information? They're going to hit us up at www.isielitetraining.com. Wonderful. Adam, Carrie, I just enjoyed having you guys on the show so much. I would love to swing back around and touch base with you in about six months, have you on the show, and give me an update. How about that? That sounds wonderful. Sounds great. great. Thanks, Linda. Thank you for your time, Linda. Absolutely. So, you know, guys, I want you to pay attention here that – there are so many franchise opportunities out there. And today we talked about the fitness franchise uh, opportunity with ISI, uh, but they're not all the same. They're not all the same. You heard from Adam, you heard from Carrie, they have a passion for supporting their franchisees. They have a huge passion for that. So as you, whether you use me as a broker, whether you use someone else, be sure that you listen real closely to that leadership team because those are the people that are making the decision for the business. You heard how quickly Adam pivoted, that word I hate using, but he did. He pivoted so quickly, and that was not just for the brand. It was for the franchisees. He has a responsibility to them. So what I just wanted to put that little feather in your cap to make sure that you know one more thing to look at when you're looking at these opportunities. As always, I'm leaving you with a, with a quote, and it goes like this. What hurts today makes you stronger tomorrow. This is a quote by Jay Cutler. He was a bodybuilder, and whether that is in fitness or whether that is in life, it may hurt today, but it's going to make you stronger tomorrow. Folks, thanks so much for being with me on All Things Franchising, and I'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.